I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. You are listening to the Glad Trad podcast live from quarantine. That's just a fancy way of saying that Rudy and I are not in the same room together as we normally record since we don't want to catch Wu flu and die. Being in quarantine also explains the fallout music that you hear. Fitting, right? This episode was broadcast live with a video component on YouTube, which is a format Rudy and I will most likely keep for future episodes. We hope you enjoy this episode, and please keep us in your prayers as we continue to pray for you. I'm drinking... uh... Unfortunately, this is a Protestant beer, as far as I have discovered. Guinness was a very Protestant and anti-Catholic was he, uh, was he really? Was it really? guy. Yeah. So, but it's the last one, so I'm getting rid of it, so I can not I have any Protestant beer in my my I fridge. This, I can't do this episode with you anymore. <laughs> I will not. I will not sit here when our when our denomination, when Catholicism, not only preserved beer after the fall of civilization but mm-hmm. perfected it, you go and you join the the, the bloody Lutherans <laughs> or the Episcopalians or whichever Irish Protestantism is. I'm drinking, I'm, 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 I'm cheating too. I'm drinking a Strongbow. So. Oh, you're drinking a Loyalist beer. Isn't that British? Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're a classic monarchist, at some point, don't we just start speculating on if the revolution was valid or not? That's going to be a whole other topic too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not equipped um, for that. Maybe we'll have, uh, uh, what's his name? Charles, Charles Cologne. Cologne. Oh my gosh. Actually, that would <laughs> give us, be the best. He'll give us a good answer. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, that's crazy. Um, it's, it's funny because usually we just drink water, but I guess today is, today is, uh, is we've come home and we're unwinding kind of a thing because this is going to be huge. Yeah, it's been um, a really tough day at work, guys. Yeah. Got to take, take an edge off here. It is, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult time. But what's nice is what we're seeing is that a lot of places are reopening, right? Um, Georgia apparently wants to reopen early. Colorado, my home state, wants to open up on the... Uh, Texas, of course, wants to open. California is still slated for... Um, for what is it, Rudy? It's the uh, 15th, right? Uh, yeah, May 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, May 15th. So, you know, just a lot of stuff that... A lot of stuff that, that's positive, but also... <laughs> It's frustrating because we're going to be slower to start than I think a lot of our counterparts. And mm-hmm. what this also means is this is yet another week. So this is something Rudy pointed me out this out to me, uh, I think, because Ashley saw this, right? But in terms of our religious life, our dispensation. So the church, again, does did have a fixed limit on paper on when dispensations were supposed to end. Now, don't freak out when I tell you this, by the way, but they were slated for April 19th. And, that was um, the original document that was, that was released by um, Archbishop Gomez. Yeah. Um, and yesterday we were a little worried about it because obviously, you know, there's nothing really we can do, but um, we were worried about it and we did a, a, a digging to see if we could find any updates to this dispensation and there there isn't. So maybe it's coming in the next couple of days or something, but... As far as now, I'm not a canon lawyer and I'm not a priest or anything like that, but it seems like to me with the extraordinary circumstances that chances are your dispensation just by the nature of the scenario have been extended rather than, because, because we, you, you still don't have access to the sacraments or the mass or anything as, a, as laity. Mm-hmm. 
So it wouldn't stand a reason to put that against your soul if there's literally just not the means. Um, this is just like scenarios where you can't go to mass or you don't have the obligation, or there hasn't been like a priest in the region for forever, right? And it's like, well, how do I meet my Sunday obligation? It's like, these are extraordinary circumstances and God still exists outside the sacraments. His, his mercy and his compassion and what he binds and looses upon the church is greater than, than the tenets we as humans hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, wouldn't you wish, like, one thing that we've been talking about and kind of the crux of this episode is we've been trying to figure out, because it's difficult, and I think it'd be very silly to pretend it's not difficult, to really talk about what obedience means to us at this time and what the limits, maybe is the incorrect terminology, but what the limits of that obedience is and what we can do as Catholics to really spearhead this. And also maybe some of our obligations that we have to the church as, as the church has to us, would you say? Yeah, this well, came you know. about uh, a couple of days ago. I had a really interesting conversation with uh, a good friend of mine. And we were just discussing um, obedience as a whole. Um, we were discussing things like the SSPX and that sort of thing. And um, without getting into it, um, w- without getting too into detail, I guess, um, I'm more sympathetic towards the SSPX than most people. And um, so we were talking about obedience and how that, that act of consecrating bishops was disobedient and you know, started getting into the weeds of canon law. And uh, the crux of our, our conversation was really like, how much are we bound um, to obedience, to obey things like, um, let's say, for example, in uh, how, however long it is, what, what is it? Today is the 21st, 22nd or something. So 23rd. we still have quite a bit of time left to get to May 15th. And we don't even know, for example, if for certain that the churches are going to be open. And I, I happen to think that like keeping the churches closed is, a, is a, a disservice to the faithful. And I, I've kind of been kicking around this question within my head, well, how, how much are we bound to, for example, a, a, a bishop who says, no, uh, for another six months, we're going to close down the, the churches and there won't be any sacraments dispensed at all. Um, and, and I have the scenario kicking in my head, even though it's probably not the case. I mean, if you look at some of the news services, um, it, you can kind of already start to see that, that people are realizing that it's probably safe to start opening up uh, slowly and still continue doing it cautiously. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of where the conversation started. It's like, how much, how much obedience would we have to have in the future? And this is just a, a scenario. Obviously, it's not exactly where we are right now. Um, there's a lot of variables too. For example, we, we are dispensed and we have a dispensation from the archbishop. Um, so we don't have an obligation on Sunday to go to mass. And uh, as far as getting confession, for example, um, we've just been instructed that we're able to do a, an act, a, a perfect act of contrition and that that's, that's good enough, right? So it's a little tricky to say, you know, well, what do we do? Because at the same time, we've been given the um, the circums we've we've been given the tools in order to circumvent, you know, the the problem, essentially. I think that something to think about 
even just in the terminology, how we explain this is we talk about dispensations from obligations mm -hmm. and why it's so unsatisfying is because for us, mass isn't, and Catholicism isn't just an obligation. No. So when someone asks, why do you go to mass? We don't go, oh, well, because we have to go on Sunday. I mean, that's true. You know, we have an obligation to fulfill our, our commitment to the Lord, but we go because we want those graces. We want to grow closer to Christ. We want to grow closer to our Lord. Why do we go to confession? Oh, well, you know, there is, you know, you can get to the weeds of perfect contrition and imperfect contrition. I go to confession because I don't want to go to hell or I go to confession because I love the father. But the answer is that all these are labors of love. Mm -hmm. So imagine if, if you were trying to have a real loving relationship with the church and with Christ and the, the typical methods and patterns that you have gone through to, to grow in that love and devotion are suddenly ripped away. Imagine this even in your own relationships. Imagine that if you and your wife, uh, you know, have a date every week and that's a really important thing. You make sure that there's a rekindling of your love and that now it's, it's kind of gone. And as things and the reasons are becoming ever more unsatisfactory. So, you know, we're not pessimists. Um, this is not, again, a case like Imperial Rome. This is not a case like medieval Japan. Uh, this is not a case like current day China. But I wonder about these things. And it's an important thing because a lot of Catholics um, are, are suffering with this. And we have to be open and honest about it. And also a big thing is that there are examples across the, the sphere, across our nation of, I think, the best of both worlds, honestly. There are masses where everyone's inside the cars. It's like a drive-in theater and the priest says his thing and there might be drive-in communion. I know it's kind of a weird term. <laughs> I don't ever intend to say it again, but you know, there's that, but it's all, it's all social distance, right? It's all respectable. But meanwhile, churches are closed, but they have no opportunity in, in California, at least to open with proper social distancing, which we already actually see with our live stream. Thank God that we're allowed to bring back uh, some of the choir and some more altar servers for St. Vitus. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm happy that to helped in that. Um, but meanwhile, like I'm going to the supermarkets and uh, people are, people are letting down their guard and maybe rightly so, maybe wrongly so, I don't know. But you know, it's like these precautions that were there a month ago, two weeks ago, even people are just going back to normal because you can't, you, our natural state isn't to stay inside and be fearful just as Christ has to go out from the tomb, just as the apostles, more importantly, in this case, have to go out from the upper room, I should say. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do. And as, as Catholics, we, we're, we are instilled day by day with a devotion of going out and spreading the gospel, going out there just into the world, regardless of what the mortal consequences are. And by mortal, I mean I mean physical, not, not spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's an interesting question because in the retrospect of this, when you know, the, and by the way, there are some extremely good things into this I'll get. For instance, I don't know if you saw this today, Rudy, but the, uh, the USCCB has, has decreed, and it's true that uh, the United States is going to be reconsecrated to the Virgin Mary on May 1st. Mm -hmm. You see that? I did. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's like, that's great. That's wonderful. And how sad is it though, that, that we can't, in a way that tries to comply with the state, and that's going to be a whole topic that we can't try to be there currently in our in our place, and how much it hurts, and how I don't blame. You know, there's 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 a huge debate right now in uh, first off in, in traditional Catholic Twitter, which is always a fun time. <laughs> we didn't realize how much of a of a bloodbath it can be sometimes. But there's a huge question, really. It'll boil down generally to 
what are the limits of those obediences and what does it mean for the Catholic faithful to, to go out there and seek things even when there's a dispensation? And I tend to err on the side of caution more because, uh, because there's, there's less stakes, if you will, ultimately, I think. But I can't blame, I, you know, unless you're going to a set of a contest independent kind of chapel, I don't blame Catholics for really, you know, trying to, to get back to normal, even if the state, and to an extent, even if, if, if some of, of, of our, you know, but generally speaking, mostly just even if the state says no, there's a picture that's going around on Palm Sunday of, uh, and it was posted on one of the meme pages that, that Rudy and I frequent on Facebook. So this is why you know it was big news, but there was a family that was gathered outside St. Vitus praying on the street. And the cops came by and there were three cops and they were like, listen, you're going to get cited unless you go, go away. And they weren't inside the church. They weren't trying to get inside the church. That's what they were doing. And I thought, you know, I've not been one to just throw around the invocation of every amendment you can think of under the sun at any given time. But at what point does freedom get trumped by the public safety, right? And at what point does our obedience go you know, does obedience go as far as to really feel like there's a detriment to our souls? I don't have all the answers just yet. And I think that's what part of our conversation will be like, but mm-hmm. I mean, these are, these are the questions that everybody is thinking. And we need to we, as Catholics, especially like we, we don't hide away from questions, even the really tough ones, but we go forward in them, just try to get some illumination and some sanity back into our lives. Right. You know, the, the thing that uh, one of the really good arguments against this that I heard in this conversation that I had was, um, well, look, we didn't merit these these sacraments to begin with, and and that's true. It's a good point, you know. Yeah. I I think that's a really good point. But in the context of this situation, God designed or deigned that deigned is actually the, the right word deigned that these sacraments be the vehicles of grace, the primary vehicles of grace that that we experience as human beings. And for us not to have access to them is is a very grave thing. And so that question is bouncing around in my head as well. Uh, Look, um, you know, we've been dispensed. We've, We've had, you know, everything that we need given to us at this moment. But it's, it's strange when, for example, you go to a different archdiocese, uh, like, for example, in San Diego, uh, St. Yeah. Anne's Parish, which is still open, and you can drive down there and go to confession. That's, that's strange to me. There seems to be this uh, disconnect between the, the bishops and the area. And, um, and to, to bring up a point that you, you brought up, you know, is, is not the salvation of souls a primary and important thing? Is it, is it just as important as keeping open a, uh, a restaurant or a grocery store, if not more important than that? Mm. I think the answer is yes. It's, it's so obvious, yes. Yeah. Now, maybe the state doesn't understand that because they're not Catholic or maybe they are and they just have a deformed uh, uh, catechesis but uh, but regardless of what the state thinks, the church is essential. It, in fact, is the most essential thing that we have. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's um, a little a little disheartening and almost uh, aggravating 
when when we see you know maybe the lady or the clergy just kind of bow down to these these really when they bow down to essentially without questioning what mm-hmm. what this is you know i i am with our personal priests i am so i have so much admiration for what heroics they've done while choosing to err on the side of obedience. And mm-hmm. I don't want, first and foremost, I don't want to discredit them and I don't want to say they're doing wrong because I think they're actually doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that really, really touched me is it wasn't, there were some churches just closed off right away. Ours didn't. And we already had a live stream set up, glory be to God, but perhaps crazier is confession. So, you know, mass was dispensed from all the faithful and stay home and later that would drop off, of course. But for confession, our priest built a confessional outside, like just, you know, not like built, like, but like, you know, we moved the confessional outside, had everybody maintain six feet social distance, including from the priest to the confessional. And that was, I was like, that's great. Like here are the sacraments being dispersed and it's in the confines that we're told are supposed to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped. And to your point, we have, you know, the the terms have been essential and non-essential. And of course that's silly because everybody who has a job to feed themselves and their family is essential. You know, everybody who is going to be suffering, it doesn't, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, like, yeah, when I'm suffering for these sorts of things, like I, I wanted to work and take that risk of my health, sure, in order to provide for me and my family, yeah, that's essential. But more important than our, our bodies is our souls. The mm-hmm. spiritual health of our of our person is more important. And it's difficult. I understand it's difficult. I, I happen to think that we're very fortunate because everyone everyone wants to, I know this this urge too, right? Everybody wants to live in a diocese where there's a where your bishop is an arch fiend who is shutting down the Latin mass, doing something evil, and you can just point to it and go, aha, see this, they're just waiting for something like this. And unfortunately, we know that there are some out there whom that's not very surprising. We don't have that kind of case here, I don't think. Um, I don't. I don't tend to, you know. I don't think that Archbishop Gomez was was rubbing his hands, waiting to shut down. No, I mean, houses. don't don't yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not and I know. I know that, you aren't either. And I want to make sure people understand that 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 what we're what we're describing more isn't an anger towards a particular person. But it is an honest frustration, and I think a, a lament, a, a genuine lament of our souls about this whole situation. And yeah. it's okay to, and you know, we have to understand also as Catholics that the history of Catholicism, the history of religion, is a history of lamentations. It's a book in the Bible for a reason. It's it's Job calling out, "Why has this happened to me, and why do I feel so powerless to all of this?" Yeah, granted, you know, initially the projections for the the um, the damage that this that this pandemic was going to cause was really high, and I think that initially people were taking caution and erring on the side of caution because of the massive death toll that yeah. uh, that was predicted. But as time has gone on, this is the thing that that bothers me a little bit. As time goes on, you realize that. Um, things are sort of easing up a little bit and even that's not enough to kickstart safe procedures to bring back the, the mass, the sacraments, et cetera, et cetera. Not even creative, creative ways to do it. 
you know, so there, there aren't the things that we were talking about initially, like a drive through mass or, um, you know, confession six feet apart and that sort of thing, at least here in this archdiocese, like I said, in, in St. Anne's parish and it's an, it's an FSSP parish in San Diego, the church is still open. You can go in there and, and pray and receive the sacrament of reconciliation. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's, it's strange to me that, that it hasn't opened. And, and to be honest, we don't even have all the information just yet. It could be that in the next few days that the archbishop says, you know what, things are moving in a different way, but, uh, you know, we're going to start opening up and doing our best to, to contain and keep everybody safe. But there's, there's so many ways to, to make that happen, you know? Yeah. Like people can donate supplies. Uh, people can wear a mask six feet apart, Mm -hmm. do everything that they can, you know, don't interact on, you know, on on the premises, just go for the sacraments. But do you, um, how do I word this, Levine? Kind of, but do you do you think that we? Because I feel I feel this way as things go forward. Um, I feel like we kind of we didn't fight. That's I think the most no. disappointing kind of. I mean, first off, I say we didn't fight. That's not completely true. I I have personal instances of priests and laity really doing all that they could to preserve this, and mm-hmm. we are I think making the best of of what we're trying to do. Right? There's there's so many people who are doing such heroic acts of the faith. But it's just weird that there wasn't a, it doesn't feel like there was a, just a slow roll off and that there weren't holdouts or anything. It just feels like overnight, everything just went blank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's one of the most frustrating aspects for me. It's that we hear about the, part of the reason why the church grew so rapidly in plague Rome is because the Christians were the only ones who stayed. That is what we're, that's what we were taught from as little, as little children in catechism, that it was, it was the love of the Christians to, to help other souls and nourish their own at the same time. And it's why, it's why there was a heroic kind of witness. And I feel like it's great that, you know, that there are businesses and there are a lot of workers. And I thank a lot of people who work at grocery stores or people who are doing a lot at Amazon right now and plenty of other like CVS right down the road from me. I mean, these guys are really putting in the hours and they, they stepped up to the plate and that's awesome. And therefore it feels all the more strange that, that as a church, we didn't fight to keep the sacraments in a way. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't want, I'm not saying that people should get hurt. I'm not saying that the church needs to be like always adversarial. And I'm not saying that the church can't work within the government prerogatives, but the answer is that we could. And I just don't feel like we did as much. Again, I don't want to be like all pessimistic down in the dumps about everything. There's mm-hmm. a ton of good things and I want, I just want those good priests and those good faithful who have, you know, really worked hard to keep that preservation. I really want them, I want them exemplified more. I want them honored more because I think that they're doing the real right kind of thing. And I know that that's a really big question for them. It, it's okay. Well, can I do more or can I step up to the plate and, and do my part? Our priests are our fathers. And this is a perfect time where, where we see if our priests are really being fathers or not. And I'm very happy because we've been blessed with some who really have been, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this also extends on to our bishops. Like, you know, I think one thing is a question is if this comes around again, will the churches close as they did? I, I think that generally just across the culture, uh, people are going to be a lot more, obstinate to close down like this ever again especially because the numbers aren't there if if there were more you know it's not to be macabre but it's true 
if this was a bigger crisis, and by that I mean if there was a higher body count, if, if there wasn't the speculation that a court of New York might be walking on antibodies right now, if, if we really saw just a complete bubonic plague, yeah, I think that that's a proportionate cause for concern about this sort of thing. But I don't know if this was the right response, I think is what we're saying. And I think that it's it's hurt a lot of us as the faithful, and it's also kind of... It's hurting the priests, too. And it's, oh, and that's the, the thing. I don't, I don't want this to be all about to us. Their, yeah. yeah, they can't yeah. administer to their flock. They're doing the best that they can, given the circumstances. Our, our priests at, at St. Vitus are providing the Mass continually for us and, and doing mm-hmm. their absolute best, uh, given the circumstances. So Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our friend Anthony says, I know a priest that may be using this time off to learn the Latin mass in Culver city. <laughs> was that the, uh, was that the Chad priest from daily mass? The, the Chad. So he, there's a, there's a Norvis Ordo priest that, uh, Anthony, maybe you could plug what parish that is. Cause I, I do want to go down and see him sometime, but there's this really, really Orthodox Norvis Ordo priest, uh, in Culver city whose homilies are just like, ah, oh, right. On. So, like this guy is the coolest dude ever. I would pledge my sword to him in an instant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great though but that's another thing too I, I hopefully you know we talked about the positives of this quarantine to an extent because people are spending more time with their families people are i see couples and kids and families walking around you know the streets are more empty uh the uh the airport here in burbank is essentially 90 percent closed down so it's kind of funny like not listening to the sound of planes or the school across from me so there's a lot of really nice things um you know, St. Vitus again. So we have a small church, but our live stream gets two to 3,000 people. That's that's crazy because you can't fit them all. <laughs> so I don't know who they all are. Um, so yeah, these are all really exciting things. And also, again, I do think part of it is, can you imagine the jubilee, the serious radiant jubilee of, of when the masses open up again? I want, I hope that we have a Eucharistic procession in Los Angeles. Mm. I mean, what a perfect, or, or, or a consecration procession of the Virgin Mary, just something, you know, our priests have talked about having a Eucharistic procession. I mean, imagine that first family Sunday when we all come back. I, even just thinking about it, like, I'm going to weep so openly at coming to mass with my family and my friends again. Yeah, it's going to be I've, awesome. I've never been so starved for Catholicism even when I fell, you know, and I, I, I have moments, right? I've had moments in my life where I'm like, this is so true and so deep to me. I remember sitting on a confirmation, right? Where you read your letters from your sponsors and you're sitting there on the retreat center. I remember that's the first time that God really grabbed hold of me. And from there, there's just been moments like that. And I think that when, when we see the return of the king in that real way, that's going to make it so sweet. But that doesn't mean that, that this, our, our winter of discontent, didn't exist before yeah yeah you know to be fair this is now just the second month you know it could be far worse but um yeah it's going to be really awesome to to talk about the the happy things I'm, i'm looking forward to the mass and to seeing uh the priests and the our all of our friends and stuff and having that normalcy back into our life and um to speak to your previous point I I want it to be where the next time something like this happens that people will fight and refuse to take to get this taken away from us. Because like I said, I you know, I, I can't I can't speak cer- with certainty that, you know, 
the reason why the churches are closed is, is because of a malignant reason. But yeah. to deny to deny the faith is a very grave evil. Um, whether whether or not it's it's meant to be on purpose. Um, like for example, I have a I have an application up here from Pope Leo the Thirteenth, right? My boy. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what document is this? While you search, I just want to point out that Leo the Thirteenth was the first pope to be recorded on film and the first pope to be audio recorded. So you can see it's him quite like he interesting. sits down and blesses yeah. the camera, and then he he gives a I think it's an Ave Maria. It's like in twelve frames per second. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like you're like oh this is before World War One. <laughs> yeah. Well, this document is from Diuturnum Elud, eighteen eighty one. And he says it's openly repugnant to the natural or to the divine law. Uh, let's see. Let me reread this. The only reason which men have for not obeying their rulers is when anything is demanded of them which is openly repugnant to the natural or divine law. For it is equally unlawful to command or to do anything in which the law of nature or the will of God is violated. So we have to ask ourselves, does God desire for us? to be denied the sacraments, to shut down our churches, and to, to deny the faithful of, of the primary vehicles of grace that he's given us. I, he could certainly take it away, right? Yeah. He, he could certainly send a plague. Uh, most people think this way. I, I happen to agree that this is a, a just punishment for, uh, for years, years of, of just, you know, lukewarm and and just uninterested catholicism yeah so it is possible yeah. that he could just take all of this stuff away as a punishment for us temporal a temporal punishment right in in the in the prayers of the coronavirus of the traditional uh what is it called i think it's called the well it's a traditional pe pestilence prayer and in this prayer it, it talks about how you know, none of this ever ceases until God is satisfied with us returning to right to right order. But I, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that uh, you know, in the future, something similar happens that God would be pleased for us to not have <laughs> sacraments. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think what we have to remember is that a dispensation doesn't a dispensation satisfies our obligations to to God. Uh, but it doesn't mean that this is like the thing. It's it's not the thing that God intended, right? Right. So I, I remember I'm reminded of what Christ says about divorce, right? It's like, well, can't like we divorce our wives? And Christ is essentially like, no. It's like, well, I I, I let you, but only yeah. because you guys had a really dummy thick skull. Are you saying that's permissive will, Rudy? <laughs> or did God did God uh, did God will? the uh, plurality of divorces or did he permit <laughs> divorces? you're gonna have to submit a dubia i may or may not answer it though uh-huh <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, I'll wait for you to die okay that's very important <laughs> we're so mean <laughs> oh, you know, one thing i think is true is this there are certain certain circumstances where i think that obedience is not owed now now watch me when i say that because i'm the kind of guy who's, who wants to be very very careful about this yeah absolutely what there always has to be distinctions yeah so i'll so, give an example right yeah. there is an underground catholic church in china right now 
yep. who owe their who who have pledged their obedience to to Rome and to their bishops that are keeping the orthodoxy of the faith. You can't be a Catholic and a communist. No, I mean obviously. So therefore, a Catholic does not owe obligation or obedience to the state of China, which by the virtue of its communism is atheistic. Mm-hmm. And by the virtue of its communism is nothing but antagonistic to actual Catholicism. Because if actual Catholicism was allowed to take root in China, that would lead to the, to the, to the, the changeover of the state. I won't say the toppling of the state because we're not an inherently, inherently we're not a, we're not a violent people. In uh, fact, the, the government amid- imposes its own, yeah. its own version of Catholicism. Yeah, they, and this they is appoint, why- They appoint their own bishops. Yeah, and that's why you know that's why we've been so harsh about the the Vatican deal with 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 the Chinese government because it's it's repugnant that the government of China the there there is no ground for the government of China to be working with the Roman Church. No, it doesn't make any sense, and so that's one of the reasons. So that that's a, that's an example where as a Catholics in China and our hearts go out to you guys because that's a situation of having the mass deprived and the sacraments deprived. Yeah, you owe an obligation to the tenets of the faith, and that's why sometimes that might mean you go against what's supposed to be your appointed proper bishop, yeah. right? Um, I wouldn't say that this is quite that circumstance just yet, but I think it does reach a very interesting question. So we are not owed we we are owed nothing in our lives. We're not even owed, we're not owed salvation, right? Part of what makes Christ's atonement so powerful is the fact that you can't. You can't uh, merit yourself by your own bootstraps into heaven. You know, it's it's the grace of God which does it. And before people are like, it's a little Protestant. Well, no, it, it, that's it's what both. that's what faith and works working together is. Yeah, it's like it's you know, the world. What makes Christ's crucifixion so powerful is that God looks down at the people who killed him because they didn't believe in him, or if they believed in him, they ran away. And he says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." So that's the sort of, of strain that we have to look at things. So we don't, we're not owed anything, but by the virtue of our baptism, you know, St. Paul says that we, we are, we die with Christ. We are born, you know, we are baptized into his life. We're baptized into his resurrection. And what's cool about that is that means that as a Catholic, there are, there are obligations in the new covenant that you have between you and God. And these obligations nurture us, sanctify us. And that is, the Eucharist, that is the Mass, that is the sacraments, that's sacramentals, that's that's living our lives with with charity and prudence and abstinence and, and modesty, and, you know, and for it to kind of go away so fast, of course, it's going to get a lot of people trying to make sense of everything again. And because, again, we have so many examples in this, even just right now, you know, by diocese, San Diego is only two hours away. So it's hard because you're like, okay, well, I have a dispensation from confession. I do believe in perfect contrition because that's what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. But again, these aren't supposed to be the normal means of grace, right? And so for, for someone like me, especially, like I, I can't wait to go to confession proper. It's not enough just to do perfect. I mean, when I say it's not enough to do perfect contrition, I don't mean by God. And in my human understanding of things, I need the actual physical obligation of penance. And I don't want to, I don't want it to be a choose your own adventure, Jordan, on what you think is best for your sins. I, I, the priest serves a vital purpose. The church serves a vital purpose. And because of these sorts of things, you know, I, I might, I might have to do it, you know, I, I might make that two hour drive and, and, and do that. And just, just to be inside a church and meditate again. Yeah. 
And it's not because I, I want to stick it to, to my archbishop. It's not because I want to stick it to my priest, most assuredly not. Um, no. But this is, this is a, a crazy time. And if there's a method that we can do to get our, to, to do the sacraments and to also make sure that we're not doing this because of, of disobedience, that's one thing. Real quick, I just wanted to point out that, uh, again, we haven't touched on it and we'll probably have to touch on it in a, in a later episode because we do have a lot of people who ask us uh, of our opinion of the uh, Society of Pius X. Uh, Rudy and I are in a group fed. We go back and forth all the time. Uh, I've, both of us have evolved a lot on the society. Rudy has evolved more than me, <laughs> I think, in some cases. Um, but generally speaking, one thing that I think about is, uh, is there's a, you know, there's an obedience that's owed, of course. Um, but we have to look at, at the reason of that obedience as well, because as Catholics, we're not called to be just like blind followers for the human element no. of the church, I should say. For God, it's like, you don't argue with God. Of course you don't. And this is what I want to say about the society real quick. Again, it, it is the whole debate on the society is canonical standing. One day we might talk about it, but honestly, that's not the purpose here. As right now, as a, as a, as a Catholic in good standing with Rome, you can attend a society mass receive the sacraments. You can, you can attend confession with a society priest and it's valid. You can, uh, you can get married by a society priest and that's a sacramental valid marriage. You can give money to the society churches. I mean, these are all, these aren't, there's like fringe concerts. This is all in the books in Rome right now. And so, you know, I'd just like to say that, that here's a perfect example of, of, you know, maybe understanding, like take that, those sorts of allowances and, you don't, and, and all these things can be done. Like you can attend a society of Pius X mass, but you have to do it for the right reasons internally. So if you attend a society of Pius X mass, because you're really just doing a stepping stone to the society of Pius V, you're really a set of unconscious, or you want to just stick it to the Pope, or you want to stick it to the fraternity, you want to stick it to everything. Those are not the right reasons. Yeah, and you have, you have to have, have a right a, at heart for these kind of things. Exactly. You have to have a properly uh, discerned intention. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you, you, if you yeah. are if you're going because you desire the Latin mouse, you desire the sacraments, or there's no sacraments about for you to get. These are these are valid reasons to attend and to do so in good conscience and good standing that God's not gonna mark you against it. That's what that's what the current modus proprio on the books are. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, I think this is a time where we kind of look at that and we go, okay, look, if I like if Jordan Pacheco drives from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, which by the virtue of my location means that my, 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 my allegiance, so to speak, is to my bishop, which is Archbishop Gomez. If I drive down to, to San Diego, which is in a different diocese to get confession, am I doing this because I am being disobedient to my bishop? Or it's like, well, no. It's not because I stick it to Archbishop Gomez. It's because, and I'm not doing something outside of the church in order to, to, to think that this is the better way of my soul. I'm not doing anything Protestant, but because we have the means for the sacrament and it exists someplace else, and we as Catholics are, are, are obligated in our new covenant to, to first off really try to work in the tenets of obedience, but also to make sure that we're, we're taking care of ourselves. And you know, there is a bit of wiggle room here, just like we know that some people go to confession at different times than other people. Yeah. Sometimes, you, you know, if you're like, look, this is an emergency. Like I don't, like I, I understand what the what the bishop's reasoning is to an extent uh, uh, on why churches should be shut down and everything. But like I, I if if there's an opportunity where I can take it and it's sacramentally valid and it's good to the eyes of God because I'm just trying to be a good Catholic, doing what best I can. 
I'd say, I'd say at this point, there is nothing wrong with, with taking those sorts of options. No, you can't fault that. You know, sometimes uh, people talk about, regarding obedience, they talk about, uh, you know, we, we have to have our allegiance to our leaders. And that's true because our, our church is a monarchy divinely instituted by God. And it's top down. It's not, uh, you know, it's not the other way around. So I, I can't proclaim a certain thing one day, uh, an opinion, and say that this is 100% the magisterium of the church and that I'm going to follow my own, my own way or anything. But there are recorded instances in history where there have been choices that have been made that, that weren't, that weren't uh, the right choice. I mean, historically, uh, the, the biggest one that comes to mind is, is Paul rebuking Peter, um, yeah. So that's that's a great example of you know look, our holy father. He's our holy father. He's got my allegiance. He's the vicar of Christ, mm-hmm. regardless of or uh, of whether or not he decides to keep the title or you know or do whatever whatever he does. My allegiance is, is to him, unless there there is something that he's doing that is is gravely contrary to the magisterium of the church, the traditions of the church with a big T, um, that that we've had for almost. 2000 years, you know, so, so we are, we are, we are called to obey. We definitely are. And right now we're in a situation where things are, they're hairy, you know, they're not exactly uh, at the point of our scenario that we brought up initially, but um, they definitely have the potential to be there in the future. Uh, I, I think, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I think that certain, certain, certain things, I'm not saying that this isn't a, a real virus or a pandemic or whatever, but uh, I do think that, that people never waste an opportunity to test things out. Yeah. And, and I, I don't have the same trust that I have for our, our civil government that I would for my pastor or, you know, certain bishops or whatever, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're not using this opportunity to, to quash your freedom. I mean, you're looking at it all over the place, all over the state, the country. I mean, you, isn't it funny? So I think it's true. It's like, never let a crisis go to waste. And I think what we're seeing is an emergence exactly. of, you know, this is an age old debate. So it, it's, it, it's of course going to sound like a very American kind of debate, but it's so much deeper, obviously, because it touches on our Catholicism. Right. There's always a debate going on of freedoms and securities. And as you and I, we both know that there are certain circumstances, of course. I usually talk about it with existential crises like war. I think at the beginning of this whole, this whole woo-flu thing, it was, it felt like an existential crisis. No one knew what was going on, what the de- death count's going to be. And so I was willing to give an experiment until we figure it out. Mm-hmm. But there are people who want to, for the sake of public safety, it's always public, for the sake of your safety, because they know better, are going to quash your liberties. And here's the thing, the big question right now, and this is being challenged at the, you know, in states right now, in a lot of states. Look what's going on in Michigan or Ohio, for any sake. You know, it's like we have an expressed right to public assembly. Mm-hmm. We have that. Like, and this is what a right means in case people need to be reminded that the government shall make no infringement upon insert X amount of right because it is not the government's position to do so. 
Now, we have made natural successions, right? So we, we think, okay, look, if there are bombs outside and it's war and World War III or something, yeah, it probably means we do believe in wartime powers and that sort of thing. But generally speaking, when we look at what this crisis has done and how it's, how it's gone about, the question has to be, did we sacrifice our liberties? Did we sacrifice our obligations even too early, too easily, and all for naught? And I think at this point, a lot of people are really beginning to say, yeah, I think, I think this is overblown. And look how easy it was to get the mask shut down, essentially. The fact, again, I'll, I will never forget this picture in this story. The fact that a family outside of a church praying is a citation. Well, it's an existential crisis. No, it's not. The fact that it's a, it's a citation, the fact that it's, a, it's an offense punishable by law or a sort of law, whether local or state or federal, is a problem. I don't like that world shaping up. And I don't believe that people who do that have, I know that they say, I, I know there are some, I mean, look, there's always going to be good people on both sides of things. But I think that in terms of the long-term effect, I don't think that's a good trade-off. No. I don't think that it's okay. And, and I, I really want to encourage our leaders in the church, especially to, to hopefully have that holy fire of, 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 of God in them whenever a crisis of this comes up. I'm lady and you're a lady who is listening to look, we, we have an empowerment given to us by God to, to, you know, to raise support, holy priests and bishops and each other. But ultimately all the great decisions of the church aren't lady inspired. We're not a democracy. We're a monarchy. And when we say that we owe obedience to a man, it's not so much the man as it is the, 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 The the office. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm obedient, not because I think that, you know, this man is like my hero necessarily all the time, but because I respect the office. I respect the office of, of my priest. I, I respect that he is my, my spiritual father in all things completely. I trust him more than I trust my secular temporal rulers on my actual well-being because he is concerned about a plane that they don't even envision. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you talked about this a little bit ago, Rudy, but it's like, there have been a rise in, you know, it's like, again, man is not meant to stay like this. Look at the rise in, in domestic disputes, divorce, mental health, suicide, unfortunately. I mean, things that deal a lot of times with just more than just the physical and the financial, right? Because they all are related. And, you know, I'm feeling that. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that, that, that my, our leaders know how much I love them and care for them and pray for them and want me, myself to respect them. But yeah, I think that now is a time where, where we as, as, as Catholics start saying, okay, I'm willing to stand by my priest if he wants to do something like, like if he wants to do something. I'm willing to stand by my bishop if he's like, okay, look, we're going to open up the diocese. Yeah. You know, we have to understand like what our limits of our faith are. If, if your priest was like, okay, there are priests in Italy, I talked about a little bit. They're doing the Eucharistic processions, keeping social distancing, and they're getting cited for it. As lady, that's, just that's recently, the most admirable thing. Yeah, just recently too, there was a, 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 a priest who was celebrating the mass, and a, a police officer comes in, interrupts him in the middle of the mass. Yeah, that could be our future. That, that's in Italy. You know, it's a little different here, but you know, it's certainly possible. It could happen here. But you know, once upon a time, it wasn't because once upon yeah. a time, and generally speaking, here's the thing: in this country, we talk about separation of church and state a lot. I think I, there's, there's one, 
aspect of it that I don't think is talked about. And that is that the state doesn't have a right to infringe on the matters of the church. This is why something like, like, like gay marriage in 2012 was a really, really big deal for the religious world. Because marriage is a, it's, it's first off, of course, it comes from the natural law. Rudy totally was talking about that a little earlier in the day. But then second of all, it's, it's, it's elevated because of the sacramentality of it. So the state doesn't have an, a claim over marriage because if the state ceases to exist, marriage still exists. It has a right to recognize it. Yeah. This is exactly what the mass is. I don't go to mass because I live in a country which allows me to go to the mass. A lot of our ancestors lived in situations where the mass wasn't legal or permitted or advisable, or you weren't a good patriot or a citizen for doing it. Even Catholics in this country, you know, America has a really tepid history with Catholicism. It's by its basis a, 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 a more of a Calvinistic kind of nation. Um, and so we know that even though we haven't had the bloodbaths religiously as other countries have, we know that that's a huge factor, that it is about the faith. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to have people who have no desire to understand the depths of what the mass means to you, dictating when you can or can't go to the mass unless they have a stake in the game, which is why I will, if, if, if <laughs> look, if Newsom said churches are closed and Gomez said, no, who would you go with? Go with the bishop, man. <laughs> go with 100% the bishop. Every time. The only reason we're having this talk is because we want to be obedient to our bishop. Because it's not an easy thing to go. I wouldn't be like, oh no, I'm sorry. Now forget you, Gomez. It's like, no, no, no. You owe your bishop that kind of honor and respect. Instead of why, the and why? Why is that? The the reason why we're saying this is because the bishop represents, in a certain sense, the shepherd. Uh, he is a shepherd of Christ. Yeah. And, and and this speaks to to really the theme of this whole thing, which is the social kingship of Christ. Who do we serve? Yeah, we always serve God. That is that is our our end. Our whole our whole goal is to do that. So That's if a- if that was imposed on us, absolutely the right the right thing to do would be to follow the bishop and to support the bishop. Yeah, yeah. That's a really you know I I didn't even think about that. How how crazy it's been. We've been in this whole quarantine. We haven't even talked about the social kingship of Christ. What a perfect example of our lives to really show that. This is a perfect example of the limits of temporal authority. We know that all authority in on earth comes from heaven, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think about, you know, of course we know, give to Caesar to Caesar, God to God. As Christians, we're called to obey our rulers so long as they're not infringing on our spiritual matters, right? Yeah. And we also know that Christ told Pilate, looked at Pilate right in the eye and said that all power you have is given from above. And so this is an example. This is an example of, of look, I, look, I believe in social distancing at the moment. Okay. I, I, I believe in flattening the curve. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently the goalpost has shifted to make sure that there's no case ever because a lot of this is politics and it's very silly to pretend it's not. We're not united on this at all as a people. Well, you know, we're pretending like we're not going to have this for the rest of our life now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like it's a yeah, one-time thing, you know, but also it's like, it's, it's making a true. conscious decision. I don't know about you, but I just, I don't, I just, I choose not to be ruled by fear. Yeah. No, I don't no. want to be, I'm God goes into our, in fact, not, what was it? Was it last week? Yeah. It's last week's right. Last week's gospel. Where, uh, where Jesus appears in their midst and you have doubting Thomas and it's touch my side and all and everything. Yep. Like, and what does he say? He comes to them. What does he say? He says, do not be afraid multiple times. I mean, and and, it's, it's like one of the most common phrases that you'll ever see is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's like yeah. angels say it. Christ said it. 
Yeah, that's that's and and it's funny because I think this is a perfect example where we see physically what that really means. There are people who want to tell you that you're going to catch Wu flu and die tomorrow. <laughs> and look, I'm not saying that doesn't maybe. exist. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a denier. And that's exactly maybe. it's like the answer is maybe. You know, maybe you know. So maybe, maybe yeah, exactly. I was about to say, maybe I'll get in the car tomorrow and go to the, the supermarket mm-hmm. and, and somebody's going to be on their phone or they, because they haven't been dr- driving around, you know, in traffic, they forgot how to drive, which that's, that's, fact, that's, that's happening. actually true. It's true. Driving, it's happening. Now. I was, yeah. It, people are getting worse now that there's more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people forget. And then it could, it could be that I don't die from, from the virus and I get plowed by a 60 mile per hour missile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and it's like okay well you know one day we're gonna die yeah one day yeah, memento mori i don't know when it's gonna be and, and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna live i'm not gonna wake up tomorrow and think oh should i get out of bed uh, i don't know we we know not the hour or the day you know only yeah. the father in heaven yeah and this is a perfect example this is why like you know people i have a friend uh who got you know he posted a social media post and he was like People are losing their jobs, their livelihoods, and their family life, and we need to get back to work, and it's silly. More or less, right? Not like not that cavalier in the, in the comment, but a sentiment that's very common now is that, look, yeah. I, I need to work. I, need, I, I will take the risk. I want to do this. And um, he was lambasted as somebody who wants people to die. Yeah. That's not true at all. But what we see is we see people, I think, and I think honestly, it is the product of a society that is largely godless. Mm-hmm. If this is all that you have, if all you have is your health, and now even that's in jeopardy and nobody, and all you have is science, right? And then the science says, yeah, there's not a cure for this one or whatever. It makes a lot of sense why people would freak out. Never mind the, the, the political points or maybe just people's dispositions. But I think that if you really are living a Christian life, you know, I've been saying this a lot, a lot, a lot lately, and that's that, listen, we we get right with God, get right with our families, and then we, we do what we have to do. And, you know, I'm not saying again that that means that I'm going to just not wear a mask in the supermarket because I understand that there is precaution towards your fellow man that, you're, that you owe your fellow man as a neighbor. You love your neighbor. Charity. Yeah, it's charity. And, you know, it's like, are masks effective? Are they not effective? Well, it looks like we're going to have to figure that one out again. But listen, until someone tells me otherwise, that's precaution I'm willing to take because I want to be charitable to my neighbor. But guess what? That doesn't mean that I don't want to, I don't suddenly lose this desire or, or not the right, of course, but the, but the necessity for our souls to go to mass. I don't want to live my life on a dispensation. I want to live my life in the fullness of the resurrected Lord. I don't want to live my life spiritual communion every Sunday. I want to, I want to, I want to go to confession and I want to, to take in our Lord as I've done for the entirety of my life. This is the scene in the movie, you know, where the couple's like, I don't know. It's like five years in, the love is dried up, and the the wife is like, "I want to live. <laughs> I want to go out again. I want to. I want to go dance. <laughs> we, yeah! never, we never even dance anymore. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. go to mass, man. I want to go to mass. Mm-hmm. I want to kneel there in front of our blessed Lord. That's what I want I wanna, the most. That's all I want." It like it is so. That's why. I, that's why at the start I said this was a lament, because yeah. look, it's really again you can tell, but it's easy. The easy way out is 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 to just get angry and do something stupid. Well, if uh, you know, well, if my priest won't do this, then then I'll go find like an, in this case like an independent chapel that will. 
Don't do that. And Don't here, be a set of a contest. <laughs> here, here's, here's what I suggest is, is that if this continues to get extended, the goalpost keeps getting moved. We don't have much power as, as laity to say, no, I'm not going to, I'm just, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. But we do have, we do have the capability to write our archbishop or our regional bishop actually is, is the proper thing to do. Um, so for us in the San Fernando Valley, we have Bishop Acklin and he can be in contact with the archbishop yeah. and, and, and really intercede for us so that we can, hopefully, I don't, I don't know much about Bishop Acklin, but um, if, if, uh, if, if, if a father, I mean, this is again, like if your child asks for food and you give him a, a snake, you know, it's, that's not, that's not how it works. Right. I, I don't think that asking the bishop is futile. Like, I don't think they're just going to say, ah, you know, whatever. F yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, not not ours, at least. Not ours here. Maybe not. Uh, not here. You know? Probably not. Somewhere yeah, else, you know, maybe. You never know. Unfortunately, yeah, I was going to say. There, uh, in there Germany, are bad shepherds. Yes, yes, there are. Um, I'd like to remind everybody, by the way, that we are on a road to 100. That means that if we get 100 subscribers, we can start putting up community posts on YouTube, which is going to hopefully help us grow even more. It's going to allow us to notify all the better when we have uh, an episode out. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and like and subscribe. Oh, I want to draw your attention to the very beautiful uh, titling that Rudy did. That was all his handiwork. I want you to take special attention to the Roman U's, which are V's, <laughs> which I think is so awesome. Um, but man, dude, what a clean looking setup. Um, Thank you, all everyone, in chat. If you guys have any questions or comments as we kind of wrap down here, please go ahead and fill them. I want to give a shout out to my very good buddy, Jared Wendler. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, he asked us real quick, Rudy, uh, when can we lead a crusade to take back the Holy Land? Deus Volt, let me know and keep up the good work. Thanks. I don't know. How's tomorrow sound for you? Oh, How, man. Check, dude, check your I schedule. Dude, I don't know if you start doing this, but I've started, I've started calling Istanbul Constantinople again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ticket tickets are really cheap right now. We could fly over there. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? We Almost can wear the nothing. helmets and everything. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you, I mean? I suppose when everyone kind of laughs and scoffs, of course, when Christ comes back is when the Holy Land will be properly reclaimed. But you know, the world is—we've entered the post-post-war order. Who knows what what the world will look like? Right. You never know. You get it. You get a taste know. of it every day. Yeah. You get a taste of it when a virus comes around. Oh my. Speaking of viruses out of that part of the world, Chris Marino says, I don't expect that to last too much longer. He comes from our earlier comment talking about the uh, interaction between Chinese, uh, the church and Chinese government because the CCP is really cracking down on Christianity now. That's true. And um, I think an unfortunate thing is it's only going to get worse uh, because I think that the longer it goes on, generally speaking across all of Chinese culture, I've noticed, I think about like the umbrella revolution, everything happens in Hong Kong and now inside the church. I think that people are are having more, are you know, being more emboldened. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of factors again. Again, this is a post post war order. Don't want to like get into the like whole sticks of it, but yeah, I think that uh, things always things have a tendency to get worse before they get better. But the True. answer also is that is that God's God's calling, and uh, there is no authority I can think of, uh, temporal authority on earth that has ever been, been able to withstand him. Mm -hmm. I'd like to remind everybody that there was a Roman emperor who thought himself a deity where uh, the heirs of St. Peter currently are. So that's very, <laughs> very important. Um, that's our church. We conquer. We, we hang on sometimes by yeah, a thread. We're hanging on. So that's where we are right now yeah. today. Please, please, please continue to pray for your priests and your bishops and each other, of course. But 
as this as this whole climate of crisis hopefully starts winding down or and not ramping up, really just the heroic virtues of the faith. Let's pray for all of us to have. Um, and if you have, you know, if you have a, a resource that I think people would really help benefit from, you know, if you know of, again, like San Diego's far, but if you know uh, a church, there we go. LiveMass.net is, as Rudy points out, um, look, you know, we're live streaming the mass every single day and it's a lot of mass here at St. Vitus and it's wonderful. Yeah. That's what I was, and, I was um, gonna, I was gonna say, you know, after the stream, you know, it's, uh, we're not obligated to, to attend mass, uh, during the week. Uh, and right now we're dispensed from mass, but you can still unite yourself to that, that sacrifice that is taking place. Yeah. Uh, the one sacrifice yeah. of Christ. So why not after the stream is over, just pop on to live mass, click on the live button and, uh, tune into the mass taking place at St. Vitus. And it's way better to attune yourself to the mass technologically than it is to just despair from it altogether. Yep. Of course it's not the, it's not ideal. It's not the satisfying route to go. I, Believe me, I, I know. But, you know, this is one of the cases where it's better than nothing. And there are a lot of priests and holy people and good people who, who love you and love God who are, who are doing the best they can in this difficult time. And they, they need to be supported. Despair is not the, the Catholic way. Yeah. Um, great. Well, right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Thank you so much. Again, please go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. Hitting the notification bell is huge for us because it lets you know when we have these live streams. These tend to be coming out weekly now. We'll see if that keeps up. And if you will want to, you can go follow us on Twitter at GladTradPodcast. We'd love for you to stop by. You can also check out all of our podcasts, the ones that are live broadcasts, like these ones here on YouTube, as well as all of our uh our, our older ones, our sit-down ones, at uh, gladchildpodcast.buzzsprout.com, as well as literally everywhere podcasts are. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts is really popular, iHeartRadio. And in fact, I was just Googling us today, Rudy, and we're on all these other podcasting sites that I can't even keep up with. So <laughs> our, our feed's being grabbed all over, and, and, our, and just judging by our views, we also really appreciate you sharing this, especially maybe with a Catholic who, who is despairing a little bit or doesn't know where to go or what to do. Uh, we hope that, that this show finds some comfort and uh, we are praying for you and please, please, please continue to pray for us. Oh, I should say too, if you are planning on tuning in to the mass that's taking place in 15 minutes at St. Vitus, um, you might not have an, uh, a missile, so you don't, you're, you can't follow along properly. So I, I wanted to say that you can actually type in 1962 missile online and uh, it'll give you the the readings of the day. So if you, I would also like to Google. point out on that note that you can go to the Laudate app. Yeah, and they're there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You yeah. go there. You go to daily reading Saint of the Day. That's where it has Latin maps. This is a free app, by the way. Yep. So you have no excuse not to have a missile anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so you go down there. You click Latin mass, and that's updated to whatever the sixty-two mass of the day is. Yep. So that's a powerful resource for you as well. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We're praying for you. Please continue praying for us, and we'll catch you next week. God bless you. May I keep you. Adios. All right.